What's up, y'all? It's Lacey Knight here, and welcome to the Urban Whispers podcast, The Lacey Knight Chronicles. Before we jump into our third episode, I definitely want to thank everyone so much for continuing to listen to what I have to say. And you all met my wonderful co-host last week, Isha, and we're so grateful that you guys have taken a chance on us and you're listening in to the things that we talk about regarding urban and interracial romance. This episode this week is very special to me. It is an interview with one of my favorite authors, D.A. Young. And before you all jump into that interview, I just wanted to come in and like let you all know that this interview does hit on some very sensitive themes and I wanted to offer a trigger warning for people. Um, we don't necessarily get into super details, but just people being brought up when listeners hear about specific situations they can you know cause a little bit of discomfort and things of that nature and I would never want anybody to feel uncomfortable with the content unless you have an issue with sex then you need to feel uncomfortable and you need to not listen however I want people to be gentle with themselves and the themes that we touch on like I said before we're not going into graphic detail about any of these situations but we do mention them they are referenced as it pertains to character development and I wanted you to know before you continue to listen it's a wonderful interview and we are even as we're talking about these topics in the interview we're sensitive to that thought of being protective of our listeners and the readers and the supporters of both ourselves as and as well as our author those um issues are domestic violence sexual assault and survivor remorse and survivor guilt so um once again thank you for for everything that you're doing thanks for listening to us thanks for subscribing and if you want to keep in contact with us you know leave a comment on all of our social media send us an email at urbanwhisperspodcast at gmail.com or just shout us out in the dm so i hope you all enjoyed this um episode as much as i enjoyed talking to da young and thanks again see you next week Hey everybody, welcome back to Urban Whispers, the Lacey Knight Chronicles. I am your host, Lacey Knight, and tonight with me, I am so, so very excited. I'm a little overwhelmed, a bit verklempt to have one of my favorite authors that has introduced me to so many various genres in um, romance, D.A. Young with me tonight. D.A. Young, um, she is a force to be reckoned with in the contemporary romance world she writes she's so clever with her thoughts um she really focuses on the heart of each individual character that she develops and she makes each character feel like somebody that you know somebody that you could have coffee with you could get a drink with you could go hang out with um she's just really amazing and i'm very grateful that she's decided to spend some time with us tonight so welcome da young i'm so happy to have you here Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy to be here. Yeah, so let's just jump right in because I'm taking you away from the writing world. So let's just jump right in. And for people who don't know you, and yes, I gave a quick intro, but can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and how you began your writing journey? Oh, sure. I am originally from Las Vegas. I'm turning 48 next week, a middle child, Capricorn Aquarius cusp baby, and former military brat. 
I am a mom to three, a Gigi to seven. I love good food, music, and traveling and try to incorporate all three of those as much as possible into the adventures I write, which are multi-layered because I'm also a soap opera baby that was spoon-fed Dynasty, Dallas, and Falcon's Crest. And I actually stumbled into this writing journey because I've always had a big imagination and I'm always writing a story in my head or building a story for someone, anybody that I come across. And I just had these characters that were in my head, but I didn't necessarily know what they were, if they were personalities or if they were characters until later I started um, thinking about writing and putting everything down on paper and letting it develop. And that's pretty much how I stumbled into this writing thing. I love that. And it's kind of, uh, from a reader perspective, I kind of stumbled or maybe I was force fed (laughs) into your world. Um, I remember my aunt and a lot of people who wanted me to kind of get into the genre of romance because I do not have a background. And at the time, I guess it's been about almost 10 years ago, I didn't have the affinity or the appreciation for romance. But my aunt, she um, mentioned this book. And at the t- I was also beta writing for an author. She no longer um, publishes anything, but she's still a good friend. But she, at the t- she was creating content and she wanted, she was like, since you are someone who is always very much against romance, because I would crack little jokes and say, oh, you're going to have like these Fabio characters in these books <laughs> writing ridiculous stories that are just so, it would never happen. And so <laughs> she was like, if I could get you to read my books and be interested in them, then I feel like I have a hit. And I was, And she was an amazing writer and she, and I focused more so at the beginning on the story versus all the love and things of that nature. But it was more like these stories in the background. And my aunt, she, um, again, she loves um, interracial and multicultural romance. And she's all, she was always trying to get me to read something. And she gave me a couple of books to read because I am an avid reader. And I read them and I was like, eh, that's not my, it's not my type of time. And she would always talk about you specifically she's like you really need to read this book and I was uh, I was like I'm not reading another book you told me to read like I just will (laughs) not I refuse and so she was like just read the first chapter and it was um a sweet obsession was the first book that I read it started off your whiskey rose series and I just cackled I was like what in the hell is going on because you have (laughs) these three brothers there's this funeral scene and their father is a deplorable man and um he has committed the most heinous crime that a person can commit um he murdered their mother and then committed suicide and um it rocked this whole this 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 community um, because of this act and these three young boys are orphaned and the scene of the funeral act is so it was so picturesque like I could see it it's raining they tell the guards the groundsmen to just go away and let us have some time to do whatever and they set this man's grave on fire and then they started peeing on it I was like Oh, because it, are... it really couldn't have happened to a more horribly perfect person also oh my gosh. it was the best way to send them off and they were like just 
ramped up and like I was like okay I'm gonna read it and I <laughs> when I and I fell in love with Whiskey Row and I fell in love with Jackson Darby and Casey and just um, everyone thank you. and and the the landscape of Whiskey Row and just being and as you said before you're from Vegas how did you cultivate this community within Risky Row. What what prompted you to even just be I'm always curious. It's like this random part in Tennessee, someplace that is absolutely gorgeous. I wanna go and be at these spas and eat at these restaurants. <laughs> oh <laughs> and, yeah, sure. Yeah. Um well I think for Whiskey Row, I am really not sure exactly why I picked Tennessee for it specifically but um I guess I would just I would kind of have to go back just a little bit to Baymore and the farmer and the bell first before um we can get to that if I may sure. really quick yeah. um so I was working uh the farmer and the bell for those who don't know that was actually the first book that I started to write and I kind of set it aside on the back burner there because life got a little crazy so I was working for a restaurant group and they were interested in the farm to table concept and I was assigned to do the research. I became fascinated by the process behind it and the story started developing. The farm came first and then the main male character and then where the food would be delivered to the comfort table cafe. But the rustic concepts around it were something that I saved for Whiskey Row in the Smoky Mountains because it was far more suitable for a place like that than it was for Baymore, Maryland. And I was thinking at the time when I started writing Sweet Obsession, I was it was taking into a place that you wouldn't think to necessarily find a good amount of diversity, if any. And I decided to give it a little plot twist I'm not really sure why I picked Tennessee in the beginning, but I'd always been fascinated by the Appalachian mountain range and around the Blue Ridge, Smoky Mountains, and then just stealth a little deeper into the Tennessee side. So that's where that concept came into play in creating it. And then I think as far as all the little shops and the cute little places, like it's part of the concept of world world building where you know you might necessarily want to go to these places you're like oh well you know it would be great if we had this type of restaurant here if we had these kind of shops the places that you would like to see you would like to be able to shop in or sit comfortably in and enjoy yourself and I think that is where my imagination came into even deeper like you have um You've got Amber's tattoo shop. You've got the little toy shop there. You have the men's clothing store, but there's a little bit more of the rustic elements too, where they still have, um, uh, gosh, what do you call it? The black iron. Um, I I don't know why I'm at a loss for it, but the guy who does like the horseshoes for the stable library, you know, the, yeah. gosh, yeah. why is that evading me right now? I'm not really <laughs> sure, but I just wanted to create this big cultural melting pot, the kind of things that we could, places that we could more, use more of in this world. I, and you did, you really did. You did a great job. Um, it, For me, it's, again it's like you said it's this cultural melting pot in the middle in middle america and 
realistically, we don't necessarily think of Middle America being so um, all-encompassing for all races and being this community of acceptance within people. So you did just this really amazing job with Whiskey Row and even in Baymore as well of cultivating spaces where people are just allowed to be folks. And it's more so about the dynamics and the personalities that they have versus their race that make them really dynamic characters and you really focus on um i really appreciate just the way that that's handled when um and i'll go back thank you for sure when i'll go back to baymore but just in whiskey row when you created the character jackson and um noel were there any sim anything in your real life that kind of stood out and helped you create these characters or um when you were developing them what what prompted you to like create this specific relationship dynamic between the two i think there was a concept of mutual pining for each other that is something that I think maybe in you don't necessarily see it so much where this guy he's he he knows he's older he knows that he he's more more mature sophisticated and he falls in love with this beautiful woman that he sees and she's a young woman and he doesn't think in a million years that he belongs anywhere in her life because of what has happened to him you know so you you see him and he's so accomplished and he's got everything going for him but he's already counted himself out like he's he's not even in the running he could never be in the running type of thing with her and for her I think there's a little bit also personally for me because I had this story that I'm writing and I just didn't really think oh you know well what am I going to do with it nah, nothing's going to come up with it if I just I'm just going to write this story or so but I'm not really going to do it like I was a little bit uncertain of myself too like I knew what I wanted to do I knew what I wanted to accomplish but I had a little bit of doubt you know and my insecurities a little bit I think were a little bit also for Noelle too so I kind of channeled that into her personality as well and they came together in a way that was like oh what you've been loving me I've been loving you you know type of thing but before we can get to that aspect of it there's a little bit of scheming and plotting going on on Jackson's part in order to get the girl you know and he he doesn't think he deserves her he he doesn't really, but he wants a shot at it. He wants to absolutely, you know, help her and to accomplish anything that she wants to do. And he wants to be there for her and an opportunity arises and he takes it. He acts on it. Yeah, I love it. I think uh, another reason, and again, like this was my first book that I read of yours and um, it's going to just always remain simply tr close to me because it just endeared me to your writing style in a very sweet way um i also appreciate because at this point i believe i had read a few books in um romance series and a lot of times um there's always this situation where the male character has to save the woman like she has to find her value and her worth yeah who she is through 
falling in love with somebody I appreciate and it's pretty much across the standard across all of your books but these women have their own identities outside of these men and 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 in the multicultural space you know you have the black woman and the white man or whichever race the other um the male partner is there's always this this level of them lacking of some in some kind of way and there's this white savior complex that or just this savior complex that exhibits for me i thought it was just quite amazing that you know um jack his family suffered this humongous tragedy but he picked him up himself up he's not this outrageously wealthy person he does have access to wealth and he's done extremely well for himself he's a famous pr rep at this point and and anybody where you know we all know professional people know that if you are if you've attained this level of success that he has that there is there's money there and he and again his adoptive parents lexi and vivian were dynamos in their (laughs) respective worlds but you also have noel this upstanding young black woman who grew up affluent as well her father is an established congressman and he's working with jack and he's been jack's been a part of the family because of that so noel has grown up with this level of affluence that you don't often get to read about um from your heroines in these books or if you do they come off as a bit, you know, stuffy, snobbish, and there's this, the gentleman has to take them to task to make them more relatable to the folks. But Noelle just instantly, you just automatically appreciate her. She's going through things that a young woman would go through, a young, beautiful woman. Um, she is at the, she suffers a revenge form porn plot, which allows her to reach out to this gentleman that she's been in love with but I just really it was just really refreshing for me to see that um Noelle was just this woman that she was established she had her own mind she had her own plan in place and the two of them came together and I never it took me a while within the book to realize that Jackson had this self-doubt because he's so assured he's the oldest brother he's the protector of everyone people rely on him and he cultivates a space of just he walks he's so sure of himself or at least that's how he presents to everyone and until he enters into this relationship with Noel and she takes him to task you realize no he really finds himself unworthy so it's these people on a path of reckoning of their own but they're still separate people and super strong and like i said before it's 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 across all of you the theme runs true across all the themes of your books these women are super resilient how um important is that when you're writing or is it was it intentional or does it just happen like that um it's both i my women are strong characters that for me personally it's we're both bringing something to the table or I'm the table I'm building the table or whatever like you need to bring something and I'm going to bring something to it can't be a save a person situation all the time like I like kick-ass tough women 
who are going to get shit done and they're not going to wait around for anybody to do it for them. They're accomplished. They're confident in themselves with Noelle. Noelle was my first character. And I think I fell a little bit of a victim to the Harlequin syndrome because while I was a soap opera baby and all those things happening also I was also a harlequin baby like my mom had harlequins running around the house and I just pick one up I'm like oh what's this you know and there's that whole um concept of the man he's older and he is you know he's rich and all these things but in in those stories there's always like some type of blackmail thing going on where he's forcing the women or so and so when I was writing this like Jack was Jack was older than Noel and stuff but I was very very conscious of those stories when I was writing her character also because I did not want that to be the case for her you know where she's blackmailed into a situation you know he makes this offer to her could he have just said hey you know what Uh, you could go this route or whatnot but he there was something that he wanted for himself but he didn't bully her about it and noelle needed to have a backbone but she needed to be also be able to toughen it in the process too and get and say her way because her parents tended to smother her, especially her mother, a lot. Mm-hmm. So she needed to find her footing in that. But she was always going to be who she was and know herself when it came down to it, when the chips fell. And she's like, this is what you did, you know. And so he could come back and say also, like, um, basically, I just pointed you in the right direction type of thing or whatever. Like the marriage was something that he wanted for himself, but she's like, well, you fixed me, you know? And he's like, I didn't do anything like that, you know? So it made her realize. And in the end, she's like, I'm going to go get my man type right. thing after the, the third act breakup, you know? So mm-hmm. she had to, a lot of things had to, she grew personally, um, she grew personally and Jack had to come to his jesus moment also and the things that he had to accept things as they were and things he couldn't change about anything else and they were going to have to grow from there yeah and i think you know again it's like you were mentioning before oftentimes when um you read about these strong women characters in books um they they refuse help they're automatically like no you you can't help me i'm so i have to do every single thing by myself i have to struggle 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 and for me it 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 grates my nerves because it's just like realistically when people love you they want you to succeed and it's never they want the best for you they want the best for you and so i when he did help her but all the the only thing he helped her do was get a meeting but because she was married to him she took this great offense but i i I really appreciated how he was like yeah i've set up a meeting behind your back but if you weren't worth the salt of day they would not have dealt with you you know and it was it was yeah he he yeah. wouldn't even have mentioned it you he know he could have just it. kept on going it and, yeah and... you because he didn't know that you were this amazing chef he knew nothing about you. he just knew that he loved you and so 
all he had to do, when you married him, that was enough for him. But he wanted you to be successful. He had the means to put you in place. And those are things that happen for people. I know for me, professionally, I have a network and I reach out to them for assistance. So it's like, I was like, yeah, I would, that's I would it. absolutely be like, what? You could have done what? And you didn't do what? <laughs> you know, so yes. I, I, yeah, take that take that hand. You know what? You take that hand, um, you get yourself in the door, you help somebody else pay it mm-hmm. forward. That's really how it could have been looked at also absolutely yes for sure for sure and, and then she turned around and she hired jenny you know or, exactly oh, so you're paying it for, you're, you're, girl you're doing the same thing yes <laughs> you're doing the exact same thing miss ma'am <laughs> but uh and speaking of jenny you know these characters that you in whiskey row you you created a huge there's so many people <laughs> there's the there brunch, are there's so I many finally people. wised up and got spreadsheets for every <laughs> yes. series because at one point I had three mates and there was one in each series that I had at yes. the time and I, and I was yep. like oh you need to fix that girl <laughs> <laughs> but yes, or I'll look at something and there are characters and in the book the book is like 300 something pages long and yes. there's like six characters whose names start with a (laughs) (laughs) i I have to catch myself sometimes and that alone is like a week's worth of work adjusting everything if if i i I, I don't know why it happens the way that it does but i get comfortable in the d's the b's and i'm off and running listen whatever works you know we're reading we're here for the story the name the having the similar names can help us out too so we when we're talking to you like nate number seven nate from <laughs> it was <laughs> who are you talking about nate and kismet cove or nate and baymore no you meant nate over here i meant nate in uh in new mexico nate <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> there there actually was one in the ties that binds and i was like what is wrong with you what is wrong with you get it together but nate is a very common name i will tell you it's that. a friendly reliable name exactly you know? so it's plausible that there would be in these plate these they're all over the country so it makes sense <laughs> if you if you're lucky enough to get a nate in your life be happy be extraordinarily happy i have a nate in my life and he's amazing so. <laughs> me too see there's nothing wrong and with that and that nate always thinks that everyone is about him and he <laughs> says things like oh i'm on your mind again I'm, no you are not it's just easy right exactly nate is you're <laughs> It's a generic name, Nate. Calm yes. Down. Yeah. Pipe down over there. Pipe all the way down. <laughs> but in Whiskey Row, like, you know, I mentioned before, you have the three brothers. There's Darby and Cuckoo for Cuckoo Puffs, Casey. <laughs> <laughs> I, so for me, I, I, and I'm a part of many uh, groups, Facebook groups, um, where the women swoon over the men and when you and we these, will swoon over a man yeah times before we acknowledge something great about the woman that the Always. woman has done as like, long as she as long as we did not kick him to the curb then she's safe 
Exactly. But aside from that, it's all about the man. Right. I've but noticed I'm, that. I'm, I, I will check for my girls. Like the girls, for me, it's like I... I all of the men in the books I'm never the one that's like oh I got a book bay or anybody I will say that Zay and um and we'll get to him but Zay he's not <laughs> he's not book bay but he's very that's like that's my best friend that's my homeboy that's I'm ride or die for, <laughs> for Zay baby. is my absolute heart like you he, he's just goodness personified and um, Away. he he's 10 toes down for his women best friends and i love the fact that who he winds up with like they're all best friends and right. absolutely obviously that's the concept behind the circle of friends series but mm -hmm. he's just an all-around good guy who knows how to put it down also Period. Well, but yeah. all your men, all your men, put it down, okay? Because uh, Jack. <laughs> no, before let me before we get into the brothers, but well, actually, anyway, Jack and Jack and Noel before on their wedding night, everything that he, he was like, um, we're not gonna go all the way, but he had her climbing the walls and <laughs> literally <laughs> had her climbing the walls had the the hotel staff knocking on the door and he hadn't even penetrated miss mama's yet i was like oh when they get it cracking for real miss, i was like oh yeah. miss d a young this is the first sex scene i think i really read and i was like oh, is this what i was like oh is this what it's giving all the time because Ooh, my face was flushed. I was blushing. I was just like, this is uncommon for me. <laughs> well, I remember <laughs> my husband announced to our church. He, he said, oh, my baby wrote a book. And, and I was like, mm. I'm in the back like, no, no, don't, don't say that. Don't. And I'm giving him like the chop neck. Like, no, no, no. Cut it out. Cut it out. And he's like, yeah. And everybody was like, oh, is it a Christian book? Let me. And I was like, I wanted to run out of the church. I thought it was going to catch fire the way people were pulling out their phones and pulling up their Amazon accounts. And I just said, it's not a Christian book. It's the furthest thing from Christian, if you know what I mean. And I could not hold my head up in church for a month. And then some of the older women were like, saw what you wrote, liked it. I was like, ah. period. Because come on. Like, when I tell people I started a podcast, and uh, <laughs> I was like, well, I didn't say it. I told, I've, this is a grassroots effort and it's growing, but I've been really- I think you were doing an amazing job. I'm being Just really so selective know. about telling people because of the fact that it's, it has a, I'm talking about a lot of risque stuff and even, you know, it's, it's fine, but my daughter knows that I have a podcast she doesn't know exactly what it's about she heard the first episode which was just me providing an introduction and she told her whole oh. Sunday school about it and so <laughs> the Sunday school teacher was like well what's the name of the podcast and I, I was like well, it's Urban Whispers the Lacey Night Chronicles and so I was like feel free to listen but I'm just gonna let you know the person that you see in church is not the person you're gonna hear on this exactly exactly like my kids they they said they were so proud and they wanted to share my stuff I was like no just tell people I'm 
I'm a stay-at-home mom. There's nothing wrong with being a stay-at-home mom. <laughs> and technically, I am a stay-at-home mom. And I would not let my kids talk about it forever. And my parents wanted my books. And my books are on... My books are on a bookcase right when you walk into my parents' house. So if people were to be like, oh, you have books. And there's like a whole row of them there. And it's the whole... The deal was... I'll give you signed copies. You just never open them. And that was it. <laughs> so it, it, and it took me forever to get paper to, you know, I had to revamp everything and stuff, but to get into paperback. And I was so excited. I brought everything over to my parents' house to show them. And they're like, we'll take these. I was like, Whoa! and I'm like throwing the books out of the house, the boxes in the front yard. And I was like, I have to go now. Bye. I'm like I thought you were staying for dinner. No, I have to go now. No, and I have to go. I, the books are here. I just that that's the deal. You never open that book. And what's funny is that my grandson, when I started, he was three. I didn't have to worry because he couldn't read yet or anything. Now he comes into my office and he'll be hanging out with my daughter, and he's like, "I think I want to read one of Gigi's books." And she and he is. She fell out laughing because he asked her, he's like, what's ruin me mean? <laughs> it means that Cruz is up to things. That's what it means, sweetheart. <laughs> and she just said, mom, it's only a matter of time. So, yeah. I I, I, I know I shouldn't feel that way because I'm like, damn that. I wrote the hell out of that. I wrote this. This was great. That, you know, it flowed good. I love the way that it, it, it happened and stuff. And I'm so proud of it, but as soon as someone's like, let me, no, no, don't touch it. <laughs> I feel you. I understand it. I feel the same way. You mentioned something, um, and I'm going to take a step from talking about the book specifically, but I don't know why I've never even, and I've talked to you for years, I've never asked this question. Are you self-published or do you go through a publishing house? Because you mentioned how hard it was to go get the books into paperback so i don't know why i've never asked but now i'm curious oh i am actually self-published wow. but i the books needed to be revamped mm -hmm. and i wanted i don't even know if you've seen the old covers or anything but my dear 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 friend karen we i remember i wrote sweet obsession and it was just I was looking at covers that everybody else was putting out and Karen had never done this before. And we were working together on um, a project at work. And I just said, Hey, you know, have you ever done this? And she said, no. And she figured how hard could it be? We kind of like looked at it and stuff. And she came up with this concept. Then I came up with something else. And then we had a cover and we just had an ebook. And I, when I was starting out, I, I just have nothing but respect for people who these authors out here who are like, yeah, boom, boom, boom. I've got my book. I've got everything. Cause I didn't really know too much at the time. So I never thought about being, having the books, the eBooks turn into paperbacks and stuff. Mm -hmm. And they were an eBook for just a, lo a long time by themselves. I never thought about going any further with them. And then one day I was kind of like, oh, I think I really would like to have books to give to people and, you know, and have in my office and stuff. So 
that's where all the revamping and stuff came into play. And I sweet the men of Whiskey Row got a new look. It's all yeah, cohesive and beautiful mm-hmm. and Baymore. Like everybody's every all the books are great. Like I will say that Savvy and Link's cover is different from the new Winner Takes All um, Baxter Park book one, but I think that's going to change also now too. But in order for me to get into paperback, I really wanted the books to be beautiful and to be something that people would be like, oh, look at that. Look at that book over there. So that's how it, it was like a long process. Everything from revising the stories and everything to the covers and stuff it it probably took about a year and a half where I didn't really personally write but I was also looking at my growth from I was on the verge of publishing all we ever needed a Holton cat story and I was like oh he's come a long way from sweet obsession you know and I could see darn it yeah I could see the Excuse me. I could see the growth and I wanted everything to reflect that. So I had some work to do there. Oh, that's, that's really amazing. And like, kudos to you for self-publishing because that seems very stressful. (laughs) It it is. I, there is a meme that is floating around where it says after like hundreds of rounds of editing and you feel so confident, you send it off and you find this typo and you're just like, Oh, you know, um but it's 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 a little bit harder I think but I wouldn't want it any other way because I get to control my story and nobody and the narrative is so important to me that no one else gets to dictate it except for me oh my god so that's that's, I I really do love that that part of it it's and it's fun because it's your baby and you don't want people Mm -hmm. calling your baby ugly right so and it's your baby and this is what you made you stand by it you don't want anyone taking it and ripping it apart or anything like that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so that that's really powerful you don't want anybody yes I own, I'm owning it from beginning to when until I give it to you all to read that's that is yes a, and that's a major tenant <laughs> it, it is yeah. and the weight of it like every publishing day is so exciting because you can't wait to put your baby out in the world but at the same time you're like please be kind to my baby but I have this thing that I say to myself where I took the story and it it took as long as it did to come to me and come to you because I wanted to be absolutely sure of it and this is the final product this is what I stand by and this is a story. I hope you enjoy it. After it goes out, you really hope no one's going to try to butcher it or anything, but you just, you're proud of the work that you did on it. And if there is a chance, I don't know if you really, I tend to send out notices or Amazon will send out the notices if there's been a revision in the book, because I always want everyone to have the most current um story well, I possible. feel like you spoil me because you send me a message and say um the cover changed <laughs> <laughs> yeah like there well there are clues and this is what I, I want everybody to get the most current copy of whatever it is that I have put out and 
the time that it takes and the time that I have spent doing this, ensuring that you have the best version possible. When I see people who, or when I hear from people and they've reached out and they're like, oh yeah, I still got all the old whiskey roll covers. I was like, you do not have the most current, you know. Refresh, refresh your Kindle. Refresh everything, get everything done because you are missing out. And I do not want you to miss out. Like I want everybody to be current and update on stuff. So when I do hear from someone and it's something that I have added a change to or so kind of like save the date. Yes. I added Max and Georgie's full circle moment at the end of the story. So, yes. Oh my gosh. That's that, really important too. Cause you know, okay. Yes. Cause I need to, we need to go over there. Cause all right. So we've already, so you gave me my first sex moment. We'll come back to his hero <laughs> um, because Max and Georgina from Farm in the Bell, they were um my first so so I went from I'm a soap opera baby because I would come after school I would be with my grandmother or if I was sick I would stay with my grandmother and my great grandmother and they watched um all of the CBS soap operas so Kiana watched all of well Lacey watched all of the CBS soap operas and I mm-hmm. hung true to that I was young and restless bold and beautiful God and light as the world turns and even when I went to undergrad fixed my college schedule to make sure that I did not miss a single episode. I was absolutely devastated the day as the world turns. The last episode came on and the world stopped turning. (laughs) 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 Me and my college roommate, who's now my best friend, we were in that, in our dorm room crying. And when the light went out on God and light, same thing. Like, why would y'all do this to us? (laughs) I cannot believe that. I started with Luke and Laura on General Hospital. And I I never liked Luke. I don't know if you're familiar with these soap operas. I didn't watch it. They're, they're, okay. they're on a different channel. I was ABC. Yeah. I mean, CBS I, all the way. Well, actually, I watched, I watched, I watched all of them. I watched every the, channel. I watched the one on NBC with The Witch. I can't remember the name of that. <sighs> In the in the small in the little person, what was it? Mm, I don't know. Not all my children, is it? It wasn't all my children. It came on ABC. I mean NBC, and it was just, oh my gosh, <laughs> NBC or ABC? In in in. I'm gonna tell you just one second. I'm sorry. Let me look it up because it's it's gonna drive me crazy. Passions. Yes. Yes. Okay. Passions with the Passions. doll. Yeah. Yes. yes. <laughs> I watched. I didn't fully. My college roommate loved Passion, so I would come into. I would. I would come in. I think it came on at eleven, and Young and the Restless came on at twelve thirty. Like so, she. I was like, "Girl, you got a couple more minutes to watch this before I flip the channel because uh, Nick and Sharon, come on." And when Nick and Sharon yeah. broke up, I broke up with Young and the Restless, so I don't know what's going on. My little brother still watches it, and I'm just like. If they're not gonna give Nick and Sharon the Victor and, uh, and Nikki, then I don't want it. Like, what are y'all doing? Put them back together. I had to. <laughs> I got hooked during. I got the chicken pox when I was little, and I spent a week at home, uh-huh. and I was never the same after that. I needed to know everything that was going on. And winter break 
you could not pry me away from the front of the TV because I, I had all everything going, watching everything, calling my aunt like, oh, so what happened here? Because I'm watching this one right now. And I did. I love Days of Our Lives. I don't know why I I did Everybody love Days of Our Lives. Days of Our and, Lives. But Everyone I also love Santa it. Barbara. Santa Barbara. I love and... the theme music first. I didn't watch it because I'm a lo- I'm a brand loyalist. It wasn't on CBS, but I did love <laughs> the theme music to Santa Barbara. <laughs> I do. If I I, I, I did. I I used to watch it. I, yeah, I love multi layer plots. That I'm oh all all God. about them. But yes, and that's where that comes from. <laughs> for sure and even just speaking about the love of soaps and i brought them to with me to college that's how i learned how to speak spanish by watching telenovelas <laughs> really yeah i love a good telenovela though there was um dame chocolate that i watched and but because they don't last that long like they don't the and that wraps was the whole up thing. and my then you really, go on to something else and yeah, i was my like, really I good friend, my really because i didn't realize they didn't last that long i was just watching them with my really good friend um she she's she's moved back to she's from mexico she lived in chihuahua but she she would be she was like oh i watch soap operas too and we would watch them together and i remember talking to her and i was like that girl is on um the other show. She was yeah, like, and she's like, like so yeah, what? that one's wrapped up. And she's like, that show's over. I was like, wait a minute, they're not coming back. But that lady got hit by a car at the end. I need to, what? What do you mean? <laughs> I was like, what do you mean? It's not. Yeah. Uh, no, the novellas are either they're either for you or they're not. If you're looking for a quick fix, great. If you're like, if you're stuck on somebody, don't don't get stuck on anybody. Because no. they're gonna go, and you'll see them go. in something it's, else. It's a wrap. Yeah, <laughs> once I got used to it, I loved it. Because again, like I said, it was so funny. Um, and when I would speak Spanish, because I learned how to speak <laughs> Spanish from telenovelas, people would say you sound like a very dramatic Dominican. Because <laughs> 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 I was speaking with so much passion. <laughs> And they're like, what is she on about? Relax, it's not that serious. Not that, I was like, but yes, it is. I know. You're like, como se dice? Yes, como se dice? Como se dice? Bathroom. I'm like, I can see if you're working in a department store, like, como le puedo ayudar en algo? And yes, like, uh, for real, yeah, that was okay. me. And I love it. I'm going to have to tell my sister that we um, lived in Spain. My dad was in the military and we were stationed in Spain for a while. And the requirement is that once you hit fifth grade, you have to take Spanish. Like everybody is, you have to take Spanish so that you can speak the language and assimilate. And my sister, my mom already spoke Spanish. My sister took it and she's always kept it at that. She was such a sucker for novella. She loved novellas. And Dame Chocolate, like she had, she went and bought posters. I was like, isn't that thing over? She's like, they might have a reunion. You never know. I'm going to get someone to sign it. And I was like, yeah, that doesn't happen. It doesn't. It's so sad. It is. <laughs> and I was they're like, so good. I, they are. And I was like, they I give you everything. Mexico, because weeks. I would be an amazing. I said, I'd be amazing in these soaps in Mexico. <laughs> they need a, a black American with a Dominican Spanish accent. 
because they pour they know they've only got a short time frame and they're gonna give you everything they've got exactly i was like i would be racking up down (laughs) with this (laughs) it's so good so good and just (laughs) but and again like i was mentioning you know like you talking about luke and laura and i was just like as the world turns was a vibe bold and the beautiful when we when you went when i read baymore and five oh sorry so um romance started for me with the harlequin books the soap operas and you know most of the characters are just completely white like all white yeah but then i shift into interracial romance because of my aunt and my friend and um so then i'm I'm still, you know, reading about these characters, but I'm here in this world. I I don't even know why in my brain that I didn't think, especially because I know about the uh, the Sweetest Night Ever or Sister Soldier's book. Like, I know that these books exist. I know of Zane, but I don't know why it wasn't clicking for me that there are Black romance authors. And so my aunt was yeah. like, after she was after I, and so... I deep dived. I I was all the way dialed into um, Whiskey Road, but she was like, "Oh, you need to read Farming the Bell," and I was like, "Oh, oh, this lady writes about black people too. Oh, just straight up black people. Yeah, let me let let me see what she's talking about with these black yeah. folks. Let me go over here and just fellowship with my people real quick." <laughs> yeah. Um, for me personally, like I said, I my mom she had all of these harlequins and she had kathleen lee woodwiss um the sky o'malley series all historical romances it was either historic romances and or uh harlequins and so that's what i that's how i discovered romance originally but then i was in i discovered omar tyree's fly girl and I was in the grocery store. I discovered Frances Ray and I absolutely loved her books. Like my Friday nights would be lit. I got my pizza and my chicken fingers. I got my, and that, and I never even thought to go to a bookstore and see what their selection of black romance would be. Like there, we, the vendors for the grocery store that was near my parents' house at the time they changed vendors the lady who was stalking she was a black woman and she just started incorporating more and more books and magazines so i would be there every friday and she'd be like girl i got this one for you i'm like thank you and i would have my pizza my personal pizza my chicken fingers and my new book and that was my friday like i i do not ask me to go out don't ask me to do anything i this is what i'm doing on a friday mm-hmm. and then i started going to this is when I was in high school though so after I got my license going to bookstores and I I would see some books but not a lot and my sister started uh she got a second job working at the bookstore and she said well you can order books and I was like I can order books and she said yeah you can order books and we'll have them shipped in and so that's when my love of black romance really took off and I am just have you ever read Beverly Jenkins? No. Start with Indigo. Oh my goodness. I she does black historical romance. So it's it is amazing and I love it. I absolutely. And for me that was it. Like I was ordering her books every week every time I got paid and then I discovered Eric Jerome Dickey and oh, yeah. Yeah. I I met him once and 
it was at the Nativeson bookstore in here in Vegas. And my boyfriend, who's now my husband at the time, he said, hey, don't you like that guy? And I was like, oh, I do. And he said, oh, why don't we get your books and, you know, we can get them signed. I was so scared to talk and I almost started crying. And <laughs> it was so nice about everything. And he signed my books and I was like, I just want you to know that I think you're my favorite author. And I, I still at this time, I'm reading and I'm loving romance and I'm, I'm meeting one of my favorite authors. It, it never even occurred to me that writing was going to be in my future. Wow. And it just, I still have those books today. And I think about it because when he rest in power, you know, he passed away. And I, I, I never even really thought about the influence that they had over me and stuff, but saying it out loud now, it's, it's so crazy the way everything works out. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I like, and it's, <clears throat> Yeah, and the names of the authors that you mentioned that I know, of course, you're really great because Eric Jerome Dickey is amazing at the content that he writes and the scenarios he created. And yes, and Walter Mosley, too. I, Walter, it wasn't yeah. always only romance for me. Like, yeah. I like the murder mysteries and stuff. Love my favorite. Mystery. That's my favorite genre. Yeah. One of my, oh, have you read Brown Paper Bag um, by Karen Grigsby Bates? yes i have mm -hmm. i love that book i love the book i i have the sequel somewhere i i don't know why i haven't dived into it yet but that's one of my favorite reads nice nice so <clears throat> going back so um as i mentioned before you you gave me my first x-rated sex scene like you know with the harlequin romance novels they're super they glaze i hope i was gentle with you yes super gentle <laughs> it, um Dear young people, she's not gentle at all. They fucking okay, and they they get into it, and it's and it's good. And you and if you have a partner, because at the time I had your little friend, I was like, "Yo, we about to try this. Like, let's get it popping." These are scenes that we are about to act out, so I can see if this is even plausible. Like the characters, I told y'all, I know these people. Now we about to see. Can you really do it? <laughs> like they do it. So so. <laughs> and you that, that's it. really interesting too because after you sometimes I guess it honestly depends on the reader some readers like a lot of intimacy there are readers who don't like a lot of intimacy I always just follow the couple like if they're really into it we're going at it then that's just how it came out and, and with jack and noel y'all your couple's nasty <laughs> they be doing it you know when you go with the couple okay <laughs> but they jack and noel jack and noel were really getting it in. They, but i yes everywhere yeah i like at least three good scenes it depends on the amount of pages in a book i'm usually good with three but if some some couples are like no 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 we're not done we're not done don't come jackson and noel baby they was in the truck in front of breakfast food <laughs> poor guy <laughs> poor guy he just he just wanted a biscuit and then <laughs> and jackson just he could not leave madam noel alone <laughs> he's like that's our bad that's our bad my bad come back later don't, don't just come into my house though this is <laughs> don't just be walking in. i was like i thought this was i forgot it wasn't a bachelor pad anymore right <laughs> so you gave me that and you you also 
introduced me to <clears throat> Georgina and <laughs> Farmer Max and Farmer in the Bill. And you introduced me to the trope of stranger sex. Like, you know, they met each other. Oh, the one night stand. Yes, the one night stand. And I was just like, okay, this is yeah. nice. And then, you know, she pulls up <laughs> and they have this romance and oh my goodness that book that and and their story continues throughout um all of baymore and you mentioned how you gave them the closure at the end you that was the first time i ever cried when i read a book and like <laughs> oh, really? so oh my gosh yes they because you really like i said before every single person that you write about when I'm reading their books I feel like I'm just an ancillary character and I'm really their friends when I'm reading any book I put myself I'm not necessarily the main character I'm just somebody in the book like I feel like I'm on the side have I'm a part of the, I'm a part of Sidra Noel and Avery I'm the fourth friend that you just forgot to mention but I'm there <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there I I think it's important for characters to feel like that yeah and us, so and i you know feel that like, we're we're all friends and stuff and i and when georgina was having the issues with having children like i just really i was like i need i need my girl to have a baby you know and she, you know they got to adopt and that was wonderful but then she wound up being pregnant and I bawled because because I've read you know I've she's been so happy for her sisters for her brother um she's just this beautiful spirit she's had the trauma but and and again she's and they pop up in other books so it's like I always get I always get excited when I'm reading a different series and people from another series appear but I also remember how I feel about those folks and so yeah to tie that up i was just like thank you because often i don't necessarily oh. i don't i don't always need that like i don't always need the the character to have like the happiest ever after for the story to be complete to me but and 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 i was fulfilled you know i was they loved each other and they had their child and they were living life but then again you know she's pregnant and i know that that was just something that she just truly desired with all her heart was to provide a baby to max and um it happened and i i cried like i was just like like she was my best friend i just literally sent it i was like i've never and i will say that i now cry all the time when i read books <laughs> like i was telling i've read a book um i can't remember the name of it <laughs> but and I and I'm sad that I can't remember the name of it because I remember telling my cousin I was like you need to put your book whatever you're reading right now you need to stop because she's been she's she's slowly getting into the genre as well and we've been me and my other cousin have been feeding her books to read and she likes she really likes the ghetto love and so I was like I know that's what you like, but I just read this book and literally I cried the entire time I read it. And the reason I did was the main character's sister <clears throat> suffers from mental health issues. And I'm really good at, and it's no, I just feel like I'm really smart, but I'm really good at knowing what's going to happen, which is another reason why I don't jump ahead, but I'll look to see, like I'll look in my Kindle to see how much space I have before the book's about yeah. to end. But 
I knew that um, her sister was going to tragically pass away. So as I'm reading the book, I'm crying. Like I'm seeing the conversations that they're having. I'm just like, oh my gosh, this is going to be so bad. It's going to be so awful. And it does happen and it is terrible. And But, this, but the love story and the support that she got from the, the man that she's dating and her fan and her friends, <clears throat> it was beautiful. But I was, I was just like, y'all gotta stop and just read this book. Like the book just came out yesterday, but I just sat here for the whole day and was crying and it was just great. But <laughs> you are the first person that like, like that. Cause I, I, I taught myself as being like a tough as nails, a little thug, if you will. And you made me shed tears. Cause I was just like, wow. Like, um, were they thug tears? No, they were. They just I tears. Was, I was full out bawling. <laughs> like, you know, I think, like, no, like, well, like thank Regina you. was my sister or somebody and was just really going through it. And I, oh, I was just like, oh, God bless her for giving these characters a baby. Like, I was, this is wonderful. <laughs> oh, well, thank you. I really do appreciate you hanging out and reading and. Staying the course with it, even if it did make you cry, because it's—I, I, I, I honestly—it was. They were happy tears. They weren't. I wasn't sad. I was just like, "Yes, girl, y'all." Are- There's that one was so personal for me too, because you know, Georgie was this character. She didn't want kids initially. She exactly. just didn't. And as soon as she did, and this happens everything changes for her and there's a there's a lot of me in Georgie's story too there's there's always a truth in every story even if it is fiction you know so Mm -hmm. you have to figure out what's the truth and what's not for me personally but um time love and tenderness was extremely personal because we did have some fertility issues and stuff Mm -hmm. and just to share a little bit like my kids the age difference between my oldest and my youngest is 14 years Mm. and I was not a very fertile person and so 14 years seven years between my two boys and then 14 years between my oldest and my youngest and we had I just told my husband, I was kind of like, I don't think it's going to happen. We're not going to, I don't think we're going to be able to have any more kids and stuff. And it was a process where we were trying, but I really did want a girl. And because the time, time had, it was just passing and nothing was happening. And I told my husband, I just said, well, you know what? We could, we could adopt. We don't need to wait around for this. I don't want, I'm tired of the, you know, being suspended and trying to figure it out if it is or if it isn't going to happen and the treatments and stuff so when I went in to talk to my doctor and I said oh well we I just wanted to get my tubes tied I don't want to do this anymore I'm tired of this waiting game and stuff and we're running the normal tests and he comes back and he's like you can't get your tubes tied and I said well why not that's what we want to do we already have kids we can adopt we can foster we can do whatever else needs to be done he's like because you're pregnant and I was like oh so that's how we got our last kid (laughs) and um 
yeah that's when I was writing it, it I just I had all the big emotions and stuff and later I would have readers reach out to me and say they were going through something similar or so it was it was a a feel-good story but it was it was a tender story I think I think yeah. it hit all the tender notes and stuff it hit all the tender notes it <clears throat> it really gave us closure on the on the Carlton family and um it was beautiful I think I don't know if oh, I told you that you. but I, I just I was like you know it was it was just really that whole series the Baymore series it was it's just it's all about this love of Baymore this love of each other this appreciation for everybody in the town you know and, um, and for food family and, for and food, friendship and for, yeah it's 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 really and it's 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 really you know it's gentle and it's also um <laughs> it's all it's it's nice i really i have a strong affection and again it's like because like i said i started with whiskey row and then they appear from time to time throughout and then you get to see you get to meet davina who is friends with <clears throat> lou ella who's like <laughs> the assistant to it's like you know these people little bits and pieces come together and then uh davina well, going to seattle with ella and they create the circle of friends and it's like oh we're in a totally different world where there's this cluster of friends that have been together for forever and they go through so many ups and downs but their friendships remain very much intact and you know i just the way that you are able to create very at least four or five different pockets of reality but then bring them all together like and it makes sense you know it's it's not it's it's that has to be hard to do um people try to do it not everyone does it very well and i'm just I, i'm i'm always like just really awestruck and it's also like you and it's never it doesn't seem like it's intentional that you these people are encountered there's just things that happen that oh yeah somebody needed a piece of furniture made of course we're going to reach out to americana traditions for this woodworking yeah. and you're like oh my god we're about it's, to see <laughs> yeah like, that's that's exactly how it happens and it's it's not intentional i don't even know i'm doing it until i've read something and mm -hmm. then i say oh i did it again and i know that sounds really crazy but it it just happens to work out that way yeah. and people have asked me like oh how do you do this how does it make it and i'm i i i don't i wish i had something really cool and amazing and to just drop a bomb on somebody but i really honestly don't it just happens and that's the best i've got i i wish i could say something amazingly awesome about it but it, it just makes sense that that's how the puzzle comes together like well yeah you have this going on why wouldn't you use this person because they have a a sensible career that this you know somebody needs this trade and whatnot and it, that's really honestly what happens with stuff it's so 
I'm telling you. And I'm I'm not surprised that you don't have a fancy answer because again, like I, I say, it's never, it doesn't appear when you're reading that this was the intent that we're going to call out these people for you. It just so happens that it just falls in line with the story and it gives you like the super warm and fuzzies. <laughs> well, I appreciate that because most days, I mean, you're speaking to someone who lives in their pajamas and eats Captain Crunch out of the box, like straight away. So when, so, when stuff is happening and it, you're like, oh my goodness, this is fantastic. And I'm like, did I do that? Oh, yeah. yes, I did do that. Yes, you yes, did yes. do that. And you did, a, and you did it well. You did it well. You did a great. You did a great job. You're doing oh, great, you, sweetie. You. Like my Chris, my Chris Jr. Jennifer. You're doing amazing, sweetie. <laughs> yes. And I run with scissors with my shoes untied. Oh, and, and, you know, so, and when it comes together, I'm like, thank you. And thank you for, I'm still here. Yes. And I'm unarmed, unharmed. Yeah. I just, and so. <laughs> Again, like with the, um, and it's also, I'm just, your character development is just something amazing. And like I said before, with Whiskey Row, there's a huge group of people we could continuously talk about, but I'm trying to get to my homie. So with Circle of Friends, <laughs> <laughs> let me get to my homie. <laughs> so with Circle of Friends, you and I asked you before if there's, any semblance or anything that just stuck out to you to create this circle like often when i was when i because i'm not i live in the, the dc area but i'm from um the south and when i came up here my uncle gave me a story and he was like in life you will only have five friends and um a lot of them you won't they won't you you won't have the ones that you started with like as you mature mm -hmm. your friendship yeah. circles differ and so mm -hmm. i've always thought about that my i still my best friend is my best friend i've had her for 20 something years at this point but um yeah and i, think I met my best friend when i was 13 yeah. and i met our other we i met her other friend when i was 15 and we are all still best friends and we do annual trips one lives here with me the other lives in portland and we do an annual girls trip every year i love that and so for to me with the circle of friends for for them to still be friends and go through um the myriad of things that they did i just i loved it because it's not my story per se i wouldn't it's really you know you I whenever I have the friendship breaks like you know you lose your friends or you've outgrown mm -hmm. someone for me I, I take it I tend to take it a little bit personally I will mourn the end of that friendship but I also oh really sure but but this group with the exception of Tommy who <laughs> whatever but, <laughs> but but you know they stayed friends you know they they went through a lot together and they remained this core group. And I didn't know if that was just something that happened in your life or if it was just a story that you felt needed to be told. But how did how did they come how did it come about <laughs> that you would have them? I I'm an extreme introvert. Mm -hmm. So for me, being social is 
I am every every meme that you've ever like please cancel at the last minute please don't like but it's even with my best friend you know she will say oh and I know this is so terrible because she's very social and she understands that I'm not but she still is like trying to in my mind trap me into going to social things or get me out and my sister is the exact same way too Mm -hmm. and she honestly does not think that I could just be happy sitting in my house with my Captain Crunch and like my Starbucks or so they are always trying to put me in social situations or get me out and I am fine once you get me somewhere but I'll toddler out real fast like Mm -hmm. you have a window with me and that's it that like once that window closes I can't promise you that I'm going to act right so uh, they they understand that once they do succeed in their mission but I say that because I I I love being by myself I love being by myself. I I am tickled by the things that I think and that I say or whatever. Like I'm my own best friend too. So, mm-hmm. um, but the bond that I have with my best friends, I could not imagine having with anyone else. And it's very sacred to me. And I just, I absolutely love them. They're my sisters from another mister. I we are just that tight and there was a fourth one but she turned out to be kind of janky so we had to let her go and the way of the nature (laughs) uh, yeah and I I think I I think about that all the time to myself because that was a relationship that we we all grew up together and she just turned into someone before else before our very eyes and mm-hmm. I saw it for what it was and my other friend is she is the most optimistic person ever and loves to give people the benefit of the doubt everything and she did not feel like that was something you know it she's just having a hard time I was like you know but I'm, I'm not gonna sit here and you know the writing is on the wall here yep. and I don't believe in wasting my time about things like that like once something happens or so I wish you the best that that's enough for me yep. once it happens but yeah and once I've decided then that really is enough for me and I I don't wish anything on anybody except the happiness that they want but you can find that we don't need to be together or anywhere around each other for you to find that is how I feel and um for our third friend she was just kind of on the fence about it and I am a firm believer that once somebody shows you something, that's really all you need to know. Like you do not need to waste any more time. Yep. So I was just kind of like, y'all can do what you want, but I'm going to be over here, not over there with her. And it turned out to be a very bad situation in the end. And so we don't speak with her anymore. And that just made me appreciate these girls even more 
that we've grown together we've gone and we've gone through things that we've gone through the heartaches the sadness the happiness the joys the ups and downs we've gone through everything together and our kids know each other and stuff and we that makes that bond for me even more sacred and I don't want to let that go I don't take that for granted at all and they know how much they're appreciated so writing the circle of friends and having them go through hell and back was something that was really personal for me too and showing the strengthening of their bonds like you see that something has happened between Fallon and Zay you saw that what they had nobody really knew about it because of the bigger picture of what was going on the magnitude of what had happened eclipsed their romance so people didn't really get to know about that but they were willing to put their differences aside to be for their friends and stuff and I think that's that's it really comes down to love and the power of it because you they love their friends enough to set aside their differences until they couldn't anymore and Mm -hmm. I think that's honestly just how it has to be because you know betrayal is always personal it doesn't come from the outside it it's it always comes from within and when this happened in our friend group it was I even though I was keeping it moving I I really couldn't believe that it had happened and so that made me hang on closer to the friends that I do have because I don't need like a gang of friends I just need good ones exactly. and, and if that, good ones happens to be two or three then I'm all good so be it and I think that that really sums up you know Zay like after Tommy betrayed the group they they uh, Zay, Fallon, Davina, and Luella, they cleave to each other so tight and they were really locked in because mm-hmm. of this betrayal. And of course they also had to circle around Ella to be this level of comfort for her as she dealt with that treachery and the loss of a child because of his treachery. I was just it just it was amazing and again you know i mentioned way earlier that zay is like the friend you want to have like i just i can't imagine and usually there are nuances with characters on both sides the men and the women you got things that you love about them and, and some of the things you like girl no. yeah <laughs> but and with the men too with zay he's literally perfect i i was i was thinking about it i was like did he ever do anything wrong no even when he would attack people it was because he was in a protective mode like and he had every reason like his father was trash his father made him feel horrible Fallon sitting here taking him through the reason through the ringer for no reason at all in my opinion <laughs> well there was also the fact that he couldn't tell her exactly what happened with he Adina he couldn't tell her exactly he what couldn't happened. tell her they he didn't remember together. no when the Adina thing happened they were when the Piper thing happened they weren't they together weren't. okay but right. but the thing about Adina you know and Zay Zay had guilt also too because he wasn't mm-hmm. he didn't drink and he 
he was drinking. He was under yeah. a lot of pressure and stress and he was drinking and he couldn't remember. So he couldn't honestly say that what, what he did or didn't do, you know, but, but, but I tell did. you but my homie the thing did. about it. Yeah, no, he didn't. And I just, I love the love that he had for Fallon, but I also, it's one of those things too, where you were looking at it because Zay and Tommy were so tight. They, they were, were best friends, but Zay and Ella were tighter. And yeah. in the end, that's what mattered most. And exactly. for uh, the thing about Fallon, because Zay would be there for all of them and stuff. And when him and Fallon were going through it and whatnot, and she had her trust issues and stuff, and he's just like, he's always loved her. And she had her own, she had her own issues from her own parents and stuff. So yeah. For her to trust in what he was saying was really hard for her also. And she tried it. She tried it several times. And, <laughs> you know, it's the thing about what I, I say, you know, with my girlfriends or so, and they are like exasperated by her behavior. And I was like, oh, I've seen you act like that a time or two, you know? <laughs> and it's like, um, okay, put the mirror down, you know? So, yeah. It's, it's the circle of friends series is is probably one of my most favorite i i have to say that i would probably live in baymore baymore would be the town that i live in but i do love seattle it's my favorite city and Seattle's i try to amazing. visit yes, it is fantastic and that's i used to go like once a year but then the kids started adding up and I was like oh I guess this is not going to be a trip I take yearly anymore <laughs> but so um we've gone for some of our trips again but I when I was writing somewhere to bloom I, I try to make it a point to go to the places that I'm writing about when and visit and just kind of take it in while I'm writing and stuff so with somewhere to bloom writing about the city and stuff was I, I just think it's one of my favorite cities to be in and it doesn't matter if it's raining or snowing or whatever. So to set this friendship series in one of my favorite cities is a really big thing for me too. It's, it's deeply personal. I will say, yeah, I think since we're, since it's on the East coast, I would live in Baymore. I feel like that's, it looks like it. you're describing an area of Maryland that I love. So I was like, yeah, <laughs> in my mind, I was like, this is exactly picture perfect. I would love to live here. People in the Washington DC area, if you want to have a mindset of Baymore, think of only, <laughs> and it's like picturesque, so friendly, small, but fashion forward. It's a vibe like, I love yeah. it. So much. I think it's in my opinion. I it is small town living at its finest. Mm -hmm. That's a that's how definitely. I feel about it. if I were to ha if I had to describe the series. I would definitely. I think um, you also in somewhere to bloom. You bring to me. It's like we mentioned briefly. Like these friends have this tragedy, and it's fractured the circle, so to speak, or the circle just became smaller. They kicked Tommy out. Yeah. Um, but he was offered a chance at redemption like for me Tommy Brewster isn't like my favorite character but I often felt the he made a grave mistake but I didn't necessarily think that he needed to be 
penalized for the rest of his life for it. Of course, y'all, you all don't need to be his friend, but it doesn't need to be like, we got to fight or you can't set foot on our island because you did. You know, it was just, I was like, until until you fall until you fall for your yeah. ex-best friend's little sister yeah until you <laughs> fall for like... the little sister then it's oh it's all it's gravy it's, you come on over but, but it was... i did appreciate the redemption story for him because he he for and and for me it was like these this group of friends they've been friends for so long and they know each other so well and specifically Tommy and Zay like they know each other's nuances and Tommy he he had it he had a very he lived a very precarious life because these people's parents weren't the best humans you know no and they absolutely um, were and not. they and they they and Tommy's parents did a number on him and they made him make weird sacrifices and he had to he had to just he was just up against a lot and he 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 wasn't confident in who he was which caused him to make the mistakes because he didn't want he didn't want to have these burdens and so I was always I said I'm going to rock with that because that's my homie so we mad at Tommy we mad at Tommy but also in my (laughs) mind I was just like when we go give Tommy just a little bit of grace, I mean, like the man got his face disfigured. He he hooked you up. <laughs> he pushed you out. The yeah, <laughs> I you know Tommy's mom passed away during yeah. his childbirth. Yeah. You know, with him and Tommy had a lot of guilt and yes. that his father heaped on him and hated him and all of these things so I I think for Tommy Tommy couldn't be the person that he was supposed to be ever because of these things and he had this persona the whole clown you know I'm the funny guy whatever to hide behind instead of having to go really go into it like he could have done with a lot of therapy way before he ever got injured and whatnot but I think that for Tommy you know Zay was the person Zay hated him the most and when he saved him and Riley it was oh it's all good I I owe you a debt until I see that your eyes are focused on my sister, mm-hmm. my baby sister at that. And there's absolutely no way, no way that's happening. And I think that yes, Tommy did deserve a break, but, and maybe people felt that Zay was being hypocritical because of how he felt about it but at the end of the day that's family that's your his sister and Mm -hmm. you saw what he did like Tommy did a bad thing and Zay wasn't about to let anybody forget it and my my focus for this book was not to make people love Tommy at all that how you feel about Tommy is how you feel about Tommy but there was a love story there and it needed to be told and Mm -hmm. If Tommy got redemption in the process, that was great, but that was not my intention at all. It just happened to work out that like that. And if I see a chance for redemption in any story that's being told, I'll take it. With the exception of maybe like one or two characters that are just like death is too good for them. But yes, I, I would take that. <laughs> 
Yes. And I was going to say, you know, I, Tommy, I felt, I'm glad you, you, I'm glad the story led, felt led towards his redemption. Cause I really did feel like nobody needs to be your friend anymore, but we need to let go of this anger that we have towards you. Like yeah. I, he's not, that was just my only thing, just from a human perspective. I don't, he doesn't need to be friends with the circle at all, even if he is married into the circle a little bit. Like, no, you you did you did cheat on my friend. Like, there is no forgiveness for this, but I don't need to stand on the other side of the street. I don't need to banish you. Like, you're not worth my energy, But which was my thought. But I was glad that he was able to be redeemed and he was able to find love because the people that they're with are the people they're supposed to be with. And so that's great. But when we think about irredeemable characters, and I'm so grateful <laughs> that you didn't redeem someone, it also yeah. takes me to, again, and again, I'm going into a level of yet another first. You gave me some rough sex. You've given me my first tear jerker. <laughs> and now you, I'm moving into, we're going to New Mexico. And you done pulled a motorcycle gang got your ass. And I'm like, a, mo <laughs> a motorcycle gang and, and the ties that bind. And while I will say to you, like, Ransom and Billy are not, like, my favorite characters that you've written, their love story is the one that I appreciate the most. And I think it's because, for one, it went over a series of four books, so you definitely had me trapped. For <laughs> yeah. Had me trapped. With I was holding you hostage. You had me hostage for a little while, but we got to see their love from the young age. And then like they went through so much and it was at one point I was like, oh, she, we, they, they're not going to be together. Like my mindset was just like, oh, we, we reading the, the greatest friendship story. This is not a love story anymore because <laughs> she is not letting these two people be together. Like they were damn near dead by the time. <laughs> By the time the book ended, I was like, oh, finally, they got grandkids at this point. Now they're getting it together. Okay, that's cute for us. Thank you. <laughs> they were only in their 40s. I know. I know. But it just, it, it felt like. It took, oh my gosh, I was just. <sighs> but it was, it was a very satisfying read. And it, like I said, their love story, I appreciated a lot because it's, once again, it's real. And even in the times where they were apart from each other and when they broke up, it was never on some disrespectful shit. It was always yeah, like... Yeah, it was always love. It was always love between Everything, them. Everything. All of their yeah. actions were... Came from a place of love. Like, it, it... Ransom made this decision. And again, we talk about how readers will take up and defend the guy more than the girl and billy got some hate for not being with ransom and making and standing by her decision when mm -hmm. in reality he was the one that he switched the up for them yeah, yeah he's the one that switched up because billy was she was in yeah. it she was there. and she was in it she was there she'd waited out his term with the mc and mm -hmm. stuff but you had to think about also ransom claudia offered to take the twins mm -hmm. he said no and that's right. 
that's the kind of thing that's ingrained in his DNA, though. He wasn't about to let his mom do something or that he considered his responsibility. But he made those decisions without Billy. It wasn't like she flipped the script on him out of nowhere. That that was something that he did. did. And I, I, I like to think that I applaud Billy for standing by her decisions because you see so often where it's like, why should she have to, just because they might be strong enough to do something, why should she shoulder the burden of this when it wasn't even her choice? And how does he know she wouldn't feel resentful later if she had to take on this responsibility because of her love for him? And I think you can only suspend reality so much. Like I brought you seven interracial couples on a mountain. So I think for this, I think for this series, we're good, you know, and it it, it, it was very important that she stand her way. Her mother, this was her mentor and she, she, they shared the same beliefs. She deeply admired her. It wasn't that she didn't love and respect Ransom, but he, he changed the course of their lives with like that decision. Said, had to choose me. I had to choose me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I don't think that that is a decision that was made lightly on either part. And she apologized also. She didn't have to apologize not she, for not being what he need. He wanted her to be. And I think it was kind of a disservice, honestly, for him to say we could still be together, but we, and it's, it's like, no, your focus, your priorities have changed. You Mm -hmm. go and do that. And when he was talking to, gosh, I think we're doing a lot of spoiler alerts here, but when he was talking to. I spoil everybody. I'm sorry. Y'all know I'm going to spoil everything and. My bad. You can still read. We're not telling. First of all, it's. Did y'all not hear me say it's four books about them? We ain't spoiling that fucking much. Okay. Well, there was the comment that he made to, you know, the woman that he would come to marry was, and he said that he had a love of his life, and he left her. He hung her out to dry. Yeah. And he he did that, and he couldn't go after her because he would never stop going after her. So it was best to leave things where they were. And you, that broke my, that, that, that part right there was where I was like, Oh, okay. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much. Great. So they're not going to get together. Let me, I was like, let me finish this book so I can go <laughs> on. Yeah, Cause at this point, uh, it's time for me to get to no greater love because let me just go on and finish this. <laughs> but the way everything comes full circle, yes. you had, they had time to grow and grow, grow up while they were apart. They had mm-hmm. time to do things. They had, I, especially like the fact that nobody was waiting around pining for each other you know there was the whole my gosh i did it again there there was the whole we could move on Mm -hmm. but we also saw how these these decisions affected us and we're better off for them it didn't take away from anything for them Right. And also at this point, you know, you've written a number of books by this point. I think that we as readers need to know that you're not making a weak woman. So for people to put up 
blowback for Billy for standing up for what she wanted to do when that's that's why I come to read your books because we're championing women over here. Like these women have their own minds. They they love you, but we don't need yeah. you. And yeah. I'm going to do what I have to do. Like I would have written for you, but you made these choices. So yeah. you got to deal with the consequences. And I'm about to sit here and go on and live a fabulous life. <laughs> yeah. And see you in book four. <laughs> yeah. And there's, there's absolutely, I, I think, this particular series I could write about forever and it would just be the real stuff, the harder stuff that people had to deal with instead. And I know there are people who like to suspend reality and they will, their comments are they read to get away from, you know, the escapism and that's Mm -hmm. fine, but that's not what we're trying to do over here yeah and that is okay i think i think yeah i think it's great and i also again throughout the series you have this love story but it's also like you said you can write about it forever but you also hit on things that were happening that are happening in our society that people don't talk about like there were women being kidnapped and trafficked and assaulted and it was happening, you know, and it was happening under Ransom's watch within the motorcycle club. And you, and there was just things that he had to deal with on a level that most people shouldn't have to contend with. You shouldn't have to deal with the betrayals that he dealt with. And they were, they were young, you know, he was what, 22? <laughs> they weren't old people when they were dealing with these situations. And so it's like, there's this level of instant maturity, this level of betrayal, the the fact that you have to enact this, this, this punishment on your brother who a hundred, your twin brother at that, like one half of you. And you have to enact this punishment on him because he definitely deserved to get he needs to be under, he needs to be under hell's hell, you know, like he's yeah. an awful person. <laughs> so it's like. He unlocks some levels there. Period. Like put him at the, at the bottom of Dante's Inferno, like the next level. <laughs> like get him out of here. <laughs> and what's crazy, I, I constantly want to, there's a goal of mine and I have not been able to. No, 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 that's not true. I think I achieved it in 2022 where nobody died in a series. And I'm, I don't even know. I'm well, you're not finished Denise. with what it. Is, Are you talking uh, about the... Well, I was thinking about the Bishop series. because I was like, like wow, you're what not a thing, done with what, it. We still... I, was like, I was like, what a thing to be proud of. Nobody died. That's your, that's your yeah, goal. Nobody died in We got another sister to find out about. We... <laughs> and... I just don't think that's gonna happen in the Bishop no, series, but their lifestyle uh, is not what that would hope. Killing it's not conducive to your lifestyle. Right. And I, death is a part of that group. <laughs> you know, and I, I just think that for the times that bind series, it was the first thing that really, really, really made me stretch my wings. I was so uncomfortable. I was heartbroken. I was sad. I was all these things that I 
I saw um, a reader had reached out to me and let me know how disappointed she was in me. I was like, thanks. Damn. Yeah. And yeah. People are entitled to and, that thing, but damn. And how she has not recovered from and all these things. And I had to take that and just sit yeah. with that for a second because it was like, you know what? You really wrote the hell out of that series if she <laughs> felt like this. And I know I did because I felt so sad sometimes too. And it, it plus with it was 2020 shit i mean that alone was it was a lot happening everything yeah, yeah. it, was, it yeah. was hard and hard i remember just thinking to myself when i was writing the series because book one or uh book three part one dropped in march and the the final was supposed to come right after it and it just oh yeah all these things started happening and then it was just like i got sad and i knew what was coming and I, I and I I would have to coach myself because it was just it was sad because you don't want to see people break up and you don't want to see any of these things and they're your people and you don't want to hurt yeah. them and stuff and it was just a lot for me I I drank I a lot of emotions I feel like for me the ties of bond series it was like you like you said you wrote the hell out of that book it was like I don't know if this makes sense, but it was like watching a movie. Like, you know, like I was, and I think it's because, like I said to you, whenever I'm reading a book, I'm in the book. So I'm participating. So I was in yeah, the motorcycle. I, I was in the motorcycle club. I don't know how my black ass got to be a part of it, but <laughs> I was in the motorcycle club. And so I'm sitting here watching. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'm watching Claudia find her voice and go up against Slade. And then I'm sitting here like, this crazy-ass old white man Slade, I would have a beer with him. As crazy as he is, he's like the Slade one Slade was so man. wild. He was, but I would. I honestly was like, if he would allow it, I would <laughs> I would hang out with him. And so... Yeah. And but it was, I just... Oh, I re- Like I said... They're not the character. They're not, you know, they're not the people that I love the most. But their love story is the one that I love the most. It was just, and I think, like again, but I, I like think I said, it's because they're star-crossed lovers. That I think that has to be it because, and it was like I said, I was with them for four books, so <laughs> it could be that also. It, but it, it, but even though I'm sitting here saying that it was four books, it didn't. I didn't realize that it was four books. And I don't know why I didn't realize it because I bought them. <laughs> well, <laughs> but what's I'm... interesting is that, like I said, this is a this is a group that I could probably do at least five or six more books with. And I, if, if I let myself get to that, but I've got all these other things that I've really, really been wanting to put out since 2015. But... I think about this group and someone had said that I was just dragging the series out to make more off of it. And the last book was 400 something plus pages. The book before it was 380. Like it never felt like there's a lot. It It never felt like so much to tell. 
it never felt like that to me. I do think, however, in the second book, I was like, if if I was in Vegas and I knew where she lived, I was going to come with my book in my hand. <laughs> we was, was going to have a good talking to because I was like, man, I know this lady not about to kill Ransom. Like, and, and, and like I told you, I, I'm reading on my Kindle. And so I'm reading and I'm like, this this book's about to end. You better fix it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, girl, no, you not. And I, and I, like, and I, I was like, I don't, because I see it happening in these groups all the time where people, where we as readers are threatening authors, like, when are you going to release this book? How dare you do? Like, they get abrasive. And so mm. I was like, I don't want to be that person. But I, I was like, man, please tell me you're not about to kill Ransom. And you were like, oh, no, I would never do that. I was like, <laughs> and I you just, were nicer than some people that I was just approached like, me. I was like, please, I just, I don't, I don't want to bother you. I just want to, because I'm finished and I think he's dead. So um, just let me know. Are we going to have a funeral <laughs> in book three? Like, because I, I was just like, I really like Ransom and I really like Billy and I just, my heart was palpitating and then you didn't even give it it was like six months before i could find out what happened and i was just like oh my gosh why why but it was still really good <laughs> but, but, I, but but i tell you i was like my heart almost fell out of my ass i was like she's really bad and then i was like she and then i and my mind just went off on the tent. i was like she's lying she's gonna kill this man she just doesn't want me to be mad right now like, <laughs> I was like, she's she's gonna kill him. She's going to kill this bitch. Why would no, he just no there idea. was there were so many and it's it's quite literally the name of the series, like the ties that so many ties in the end to, to everything just to tie it all up and stuff. I, and I think it, it you know what? I think I have read Divergent, the Divergent series and um they killed that girl to save the world. So, and she was the oh. main character. So I was, so I'm reading that. So I'm like, it, it could happen because they did a good job with that over here on the Divergent people. They did, they, they made it work. They got rid of uh, that girl. <laughs> well, some of the, some of the comments were, I know that better, what happened better now happened, DA. And Listen. I, I could never. I don't think I could feel good doing it if I had to kill a character off or so. Like, do I think about it occasionally? Maybe, but <laughs> I, with Ransom, there just, there were too many characters that needed to be dealt with. And the way that it ended was, I, I just said, if I don't stop this right now, if I don't leave this exactly where it is, I, this book is about to be 82 chapters. <laughs> Like I, I just had to stop and I had to take a break from it because I knew what was coming also too down the line. So yeah. it was like, okay, I really have to, but I, I've thought about it. Like there are a couple of things. Um, there's Dominique and Ethan, um, Ethan mm -hmm. you know, uh, she deserves the HEA. They, what I, I keep a list of couples that people have asked about that I have said might get a story, may not get a story and stuff. And um, I just, I keep my eye on it. I've got their little folders. I write down, it, see what's moving, what's not moving. If something's not moving, 
I'm just like, you know what? I might have to. It's been a couple of years, and that's that's the whole part of me moving characters along in books. Like I know that's why I write multi-layered because it doesn't make sense to not know what other people are up to if you've introduced them in a series, you know. Exactly. And oh, so I I. oh i i absolutely think it's the best thing because you could wrap tidy something up and come back to it late at a later time like mike and charlie i really have my eye on them because i i just i have Mm -hmm. to Mm -hmm. will they get but their story is not necessarily moving at this time so if you've read somewhere to bloom you see that charlie has said she's fine with the way things are now and that is she's been married before she's been burned she doesn't like it she likes what she has right now Mm -hmm. so if whether i do decide to come back to them or not i've left them in a good place and my whole my whole goal is if nothing moves with the story, I'm not going to force a story just to, because what's the point in forcing a story? And so if it doesn't, you know where they're at. They're fine. Yeah. Everybody's happy and stuff like that. Because they're just, there's so much, honestly, that I do need to get to. And I know that some characters are beloved and we want more and more stories about it, them. But at the rate that things are developing and I do hear some comments of why does it take so long and you're saying you want a full story Mm. okay so Mm. I can only do so much because if if I don't get to these other things I'm never going to get to them and I think it would be a shame to not be able to create them and introduce them absolutely yeah 100% I agree um and we've been talking for almost two hours (laughs) oh yes yes we have (laughs) but so again it's just like i said before i feel like you're really great at it and you are my compass unfortunately for you so don't be fucking it up but you're my compass (laughs) for for so many things and so no pressure no pressure (laughs) just let you know just don't do it or i'll kill you just let you know like i you because I, because you you like um there are authors that when they put out anything I gravitate towards it immediately and you're one of those specifically in this genre that if you put something out and I think because of that and I also am like a creature of habit and I will reread stories over and over it might put me at a disservice for reading from other people but um again you introduced me to the minor motorcycle clubs and then i found this psychotic author named kita kendrick who does it as well and she and she is phenomenal at it like i i i know the thing about the motorcycle doing an mc book was very very unfamiliar territory for me and Mm -hmm. i can only do it the way that i do it but i also knew that this series was not going to stay in the mc world so i was fine to visit it for a little bit and i just i have to give all the authors the right in this mc genre uh their flowers for what they do and how they create it from even if it's on the lighter side or if it's on the darker side because it's um it's a, an entirely different world for me and I I can I can read it I 
I think that some people really get you there. They take you there. And I've read a couple of books in the Twisted series. And Peter Kendrick does an amazing job. Amazing job. So um, for you those who are listening, if you have not picked it up, you should read it. And when I tell you, you should finish it. Because just like you were exploding people's heads in the ties that bind. <laughs> when I said, when I told you, are you when we reached out to you and asked you if you were going to kill somebody and you said no, Keita Kendrick killed somebody. Okay. Okay, see, now <laughs> I have not, to go back. I'm not, I'm not giving a spoiler. Now I'm I need finished. to go back. You need to go back and read finish it and also i think she i think it's like four stories from the perspective of the two main characters and then the fifth twisted is happening at the same time as books okay. two, three and four are and i'm like girl and that's that's mind-blowing in itself to hear yes and it's, because and it's it's so good it's so when she did because I, I and she and she had this zoom call where she allowed us to talk to her and i was like First of all, ma'am, I want you to know that I think you're absolutely fucking crazy. And number two, <laughs> I think you're brilliant because you wrote that fifth book and she didn't even tell anybody that this was happening. When you start reading, you're like, oh my God, this is literally happening at the exact same time that the third and fourth book are happening. Like we already read these, we've already read what happened, but now we're seeing it from this other perspective to see what these other people were doing at the exact same time that they were doing what they were doing. It was- Which is flat out brilliant because it's- So good. And that's what I mean because I have no interest whatsoever in trying to twist my mind in any of those ways. And maybe that's why it's called the Twisted Series. I do not know. But I will say that she is phenomenal at it. And for those who have not read it, you should really definitely get into it. 100% read it. But um, yeah, and (laughs) I wanted to. So I'm bringing you back (laughs) because we could go on for another hour and then it'd be like, I gotta figure out how to make this a two-part podcast episode, I guess, because <laughs> Jeez Louise, I told you. I would love to come back anytime. <laughs> yes, so, because there's so many more things, and I also know that, and you've mentioned them a little bit before, um, just for everyone, for everyone that's still with me, <laughs> in the, the, the Circle of Friends book, there's a spinoff called Baxter Park, and there's there's a series called Winter. There's a book called Winners Takes All, and there is a sequel in the Baxter Park book that is the story about um, the characters Lincoln and Savvy. And Link is this lawyer who is Grant's best friend, and Savvy is Davina's cousin. So you've heard me mention Davina before, and their story. Grant is an asshole and Davina is an heiress. <laughs> so so uh, DA Young finally gave us a billionaire. A billionaire girl. <laughs> Grant is such a hole. He is. He really is. Like I was writing about him um, at the end of November and I was like so he's always just been an asshole. 
Absolutely. <laughs> like, because I'm in the teen part of the story. Uh, this story will be broken down into past, present, also. And okay. he just does stay true to form. <laughs> I mean, the way he goes in on Wyatt's girlfriend and Brody, the ex best friend and yes. stuff, because you do get to see all of this coming around and stuff. And Good. he and just, he really is. He's insane. <laughs> I'm excited. That's like the nicest thing I could say about him. I'm excited because Wyatt's so nice. So it's like you, yeah. need, you need you need to have somebody that you need somebody that gentle and considerate and compassionate Wyatt, who is Grant's brother, and he's also in um, Second Chances, which is the first Circle of Friends book. You guys, um, Wyatt and Ella have a love story, and he's so sweet. Like the whole, that's all you say. Every he time is. You're like you're like, oh my gosh, yeah. he's so sweet. <laughs> Oh, Wyatt is a complete sweetheart until yes. Grant comes and ruffles his feathers and, and yeah. then you're just like what's wrong with you why would you do that to him because that's his brother and that's what they do <laughs> yeah exactly so you do you get to see the origins um even more of the origins of the Malone family the Hawkins family and there's there's just such a big story there because it you we barely skim the surface in Baxter and and winter takes off book one so yeah. you get to see um more of the Malones and the Hawkins and um this is not Grant's story so please don't say where's Grant and whatever like Grant pops up where Grant needs to pop up you know, you know and he's, we're, we're he's all... Link's best friend so obviously he does pop up but the way that there's... the way that winter takes all we were done with Grant anyways because <laughs> yeah oh no <laughs> we were we were off him we were like okay they got their happy ever after bring on Lincoln and Savvy because well they <laughs> I, I get the where's the wedding we haven't oh. seen the wedding why haven't we seen a wedding? Hey, hello, where's the wedding? I so, guess I'm just a spinster. I, if once they once everybody falls in love, once, once the love happens, if they get if people get married, they get married. But I'm just like, I feel like I'm gonna get tarred and feathered if I don't show the wedding. So well, I, you do I see mean, a wedding, you, but it's good. I, because I, you I do would see, love. I would love to see the wedding because it's gonna be opulent. Because these people got money, like real money. So well, you also see, you get to see a series crossover mess around because obviously everybody knows everybody. So yeah, you get to see everybody. That oh my gosh, yes, because Davina is the oh my gosh, yes, because oh, yeah, yeah, because Eliza designed the Eliza is the designer to the stars, and Eliza is a part of the mix. Eliza huh. is just a grown-up Sidra. She really is. You know what? You you're making points valid. <laughs> she valid. she really is. I don't. She's a grown up sister, but I feel like she's younger than sister. <laughs> I know, but she's like forty. Yeah. Oh. oh, you know what? You've been. I sat here and literally was like, you introduced me to mature love with um, Slade and Claudia. But no, you. It's. Hmm. Yeah, there's yeah. There's it's Wade so and Eliza. Yeah. There's um. Wade and Eliza, Darcy and Kareem. There's mm -hmm. um, Lexi, uh, and Lex and Viv. Gosh, mm -hmm. mm. Cedric. I think that's it. <laughs> Cedric and Lolita. Yes, yes, there's also Cedric and Lolita. Yes. And um, again, we're going to take a realistic angle on that one. And who else is there? Oh, the Fallon's assistant and Josiah. 
get right. something. Yep, they yep, do. Yep. They definitely do get something because oh, I've, so good. I have oh, been yeah. thinking about them forever. The the te- oh my gosh! Yes, because he, because she, she ain't got time to be dealing with him, and yeah. she's on the run. Oh my god! I'm so good. thank you. Yes. Oh no no no! Not her. Not oh, okay. her. Okay. Allie. The, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, are we? Are you gonna give us the story about the? Because um, <laughs> I'm ready for that man to die too. So. Mm. Uh, that's somebody well, you else get you gotta to... kill. <laughs> I know. See what I mean about these resolutions? I need to stop making them. <laughs> I need it just needs to be stopped. That's lying. why I was like, you have that's to what I just need to, That's what I need to just call it. Stop lying. That's right. my resolution. Yeah, just there you go. Because I'm like, you haven't finished. And I know three people that you better in need to get 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 handed some some swift justice. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Well, oh, yes, yeah. I will bring you back. I am so happy that you joined me today. Um, uh, thank you very much for letting me. I really, really appreciate you. And you guys, if you reach out to her on Instagram or Facebook, send her a message. She responds back. Like, I don't, I can't imagine people not responding when oh, someone, unless you're like, really, unless you're like some Russian bot yeah. and. Uh, that's what I get a lot of. Like I got something today. So cheers to all the hackers, whatever. <laughs> Keep doing what you do, I guess. And like my for my Facebook page, but I I really can't imagine. The only time I don't respond is okay. So when I first started my blog, and there's a message part where you can reach out if you wanted to contact me. I was responding to that. To the messages that were coming there and it, i didn't realize for like a year that it said do not reply to this but it never <laughs> sent it never sent me anything in response so to everybody i you that thinks i didn't respond to you i really did because i do respond to everything the only time that i don't is if i'm away writing something and or but i come back bullshit. around later or you yeah, on some I, bullshit well, no no never never absolutely not but i do circle back so it'll be like a month later and i'll be like so sorry for the delayed response (laughs) but i absolutely mean it when i say it i just it just takes me a minute sometimes other times i'm in i'm corresponding i'm doing whatever and i'm like oh let me respond real quick and then it or it could be six or seven weeks. I'm really sorry about that part. But it, I, I can't live in my emails because then I'll never get anything done. Exactly. Well, Madam Young, I definitely appreciate you. I will, whenever you're ready to come back and talk about Lincoln Sad, because I'll be ready to talk about them as well yes, as absolutely. all of the other characters that we didn't touch on today because there's. We can talk forever. We can talk about anything. Honestly, I just had a blast. (laughs) Absolutely true. Yes. And I didn't even realize the time, but thank you so much. I really appreciate this. Yes. And you guys, again, like I said, DA Young on Instagram and Facebook. She also has her website and she said she will respond. She's about to be writing. So don't bother her because I'm ready to read my book. So even though I said she writes back, y'all wait until the next episode. After- <laughs> it 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 take it it will take me a minute because I am trying to I'm moving on to so Savvy and Link are done. They're going off to the editor. That's probably going to take another six or seven weeks or whatnot. But 
I've moved on to Amir and Kendra. Um, Amir is Zafira Wilder's brother and Kendra is her best friend. So that's where I'm at now, just so you guys know my process or what am I doing. But I probably won't be popping my head out anytime soon. So I lucked out. We got her. We got her. Quick fast. <laughs> we lucked out, folks. <laughs> I really appreciate it. Thank you so much, DA. Have a great Oh, no. Thank you. You too. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye. You guys, do you all love her as much as I do? DA Young is amazing. I want again I want to again to say thank you, thank you, thank you for being the first author to be interviewed on Urban Whispers the Lacey Night Chronicles podcast. Your conversation was amazing and I'm really excited to bring you back and having even more dialogue because you guys, we only scratched the surface. Within the last eight years, she's written over 20 novels and when I tell you, you guys, they are all amazing. So definitely go out, pick up her books. Let me know what you think. Send me an email at urbanwhisperspodcast at gmail.com. Like, rate, comment, subscribe on all podcast platforms and definitely keep in touch with us on social media at Urban Whispers Podcast on either Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, or Facebook. We're there and I can't wait to speak to you guys again next week. Thanks for listening and see you next time. Bye.